default to saying what church they go to. I say, oh, okay, that's good. Oh, you fellowship? Okay, that's awesome. Tell me more about your walk of faith. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm going on a mission trip. Speaking at youth group. Or I'm going to, and all those things are good. And I say, well, tell me, tell me about your day-to-day walk of faith. Living out the Christian life with Jesus Christ. Like, like, like what does that entail? It's like, um, I love him. <laughs> oh, God, God, I know you love him. But, I, you see, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get to the nitty-gritty of it. Like, where are you in your walk of faith? What is God challenging you on? What are the trials in your life right now? What, what is God showing you in his word? How's your time in prayer? Right? We live a faith that ought to be an active, living faith. If I say that I'm married to Monique, and you never see me interacting with her, I never spend time with her throughout the week, I never talk about her, I'm never doing life with her, you would become suspect, right? It's funny... Uh, I introduced Monique to somebody one time. You know, I don't know where we were, but I said, oh, yeah, this is my wife, Monique. He said, yeah, I know you. He's like, oh, I don't think I know you. He said, no, I can't talk to your husband without him mentioning your name. Right? It's just a natural thing. Now, if I mention Taisha, there'd be a problem. <laughs> but if, if you're in relationship with someone, if you love someone, your life ought to be intertwined. No different for us as believers. And so Peter is saying, listen, build on that faith. Grow in your knowledge of Jesus Christ. And it's interesting because in the context of this letter, this is a letter that he's writing. Peter knows he's about to die. It's interesting as we get to the end of the section we talked about last week. Again, remember he said in 2 Peter 1.15, I will make every effort so that after my departure, you may be able at any time to recall these things. He knew and understood. He knew that the putting off of his body would be soon. In other words, his time on earth was coming to an end. Now this next section we're going to go into, starting at verse 16. Notice that what he says. He's been giving us all of this encouragement. Build on your faith. Build on your faith. And that primarily is going to come from the study of God's Word, right? But look at what he says in verse 16. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, everything that I'm telling you, this faith that ought to be built on the Word, on what we've been telling you, we didn't make this up. <laughs> this, is, this is something that is coming directly from the mouth of God. When we declare Jesus Christ to you, the person of Christ, what He did, Him being Savior, this is nothing originating with us. That's interesting. Why would he say 
We did not follow cleverly devised myths. He's living in a culture where they are steeped in myths. They are steeped in spirituality. They're coming up with their own type of religion. They're coming up with how you can get spiritual insight. This is the culture in which Peter is writing. And he says, listen, when we talk about Jesus Christ, we're not talking about what they're talking about. We're not talking about those myths. We're talking about the reality of someone who came, lived, died, rose from the dead. This is truth. And you can see why in the context. He's so, so passionate that they would build on their faith. They are living in a society where the truth of who Jesus Christ is is being challenged. Sound familiar? They're living in a society where they're saying the Word of God is not the authority. This is an issue of authority that Peter is dealing with. As we continue to track through this book, you're going to see one of the issues that Peter is addressing is false teachers. And again, I want to encourage you, whenever we go through this book or wherever, whenever you're doing your devotion, read the entire book so you can get the entire context. Second Peter, he is dealing with and he's going to be coming at the false teachers who are changing or trying to manipulate who God is and what you must do to be right with Him. So we're at the very beginning of this letter, but you're going to see that Peter is going to begin to hit them head on. And this is where he's starting to do that. Hey, listen, we're not following cleverly devised myths. That's a jab at the culture. When we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is the one, he's going to elaborate on this in a minute, whom God said, this is the one I put my seal on, Jesus Christ. When Jesus rose from the dead, before he ascended back to the Father, what did he say to his disciples? All power and authority has been given to me. Talking to a young man, and he said, here's my only struggle or my biggest struggle with Christianity, Pastor. Uh, why is it only Jesus? I got Muslim friends. I have Mormons. I have all these other people who believe all these different things. And you're telling me that eternal life can only be gotten through faith and trust in what Jesus did. He said, that seems a little narrow-minded. That seems a little narrow-minded to and I looked at him and I said, hey man, that's a great question. And this is a teenager, 19 years old. I said, it is narrow-minded. It is narrow-minded. But all truth is narrow-minded. I said, do you believe one plus one is two? He said, yeah. I said, only two? Yeah, you're narrow-minded. See, it's not an issue of being narrow-minded. It's an issue of truth. Amen. Is it true that Jesus Christ is the only way? Well, that's narrow-minded. Okay. But is it true? 
all truth is exclusive. Amen. And why do we proclaim Jesus Christ? Because he's the one who got up out of the grave. Buddha has not gotten out of the grave. Confucius. Joseph Smith, the founder of Mormonism. Charles Taz Russell, the founder of Jehovah's Witness. We can go right down the list. All of these men who built religions and said, God has spoken to me, even Muhammad. Amen. None of them have gotten up out of the grave. What sets Christianity apart? Death could not hold him. Amen. Christ got up out of the grave. So he is the only one who has the exclusive right to say all power and authority has been given to me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Amen. Exclusive? Yes. Narrow-minded? Absolutely. True? Yes. And, 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 and Peter here is saying, listen, when we declare to you the power and the, the glory, the, the, the Jesus Christ and all of his glory, like we gave you our testimony. It's not a myth. It's not something we made up. It's an issue of authority. 1 Timothy 4, 7. Timothy is, is exhorted, what? Had nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. Guys, my heartbeat, I know Pastor Manuel is the same. Oh, that God's people will become students of the word. You have to become a student of the word. Studying the word of God is not just for the pastor. It's for all of us. We have to train ourselves for godliness. You are not going to be able to go against the cultural mindset that is anti-biblical if you're not in the Word. You're going to be swept away. Amen. The transformation for the believer comes through the renewal of the mind. Amen. And I know you guys probably are already tired of hearing me say, man, this guy hasn't been here that long. He keeps saying the same thing. <laughs> yes! Remember what Peter said? I stir up your mind. I'm trying to stir up your remembrance. Amen. Because this is so vital. How's your time in God's Word? You will not be changed in your life. You will not experience God's power, God's wisdom. If you're not in the Word. It's, there's no shortcut, folks. I see my students all the time. I can always tell who studied for a test and who did. It is so easy. Walk up in class. All right, guys, we're going to get ready to do this test in about a minute. And you can see the ones that haven't studied are going like this. They haven't studied. The ones that are studying are just sitting there like this, just waiting. They've done the work. And I love it. One brother said last week, he said, uh, uh, Pastor Ron, before you pass the test out, could you pray for us? <laughs> How are you going to deny that? So I said, absolutely, brother. What's the request? Well, can you just kind of pray for this test that we got to take? I said, absolutely. I said, see that? Look at that, y'all. I said, let's pray. Here's my prayer. God, 
Please bring back to these students' minds the things they studied. Amen. <laughs> you looked up like, that's not the prayer. <laughs> we got to be students of the word. And I know it is a challenge, it is hard because we have so much vying for our time. We have so much vying for our time. We want entertainment. We want comfort. Nothing wrong with those things in and of themselves, but not at the detriment of not being in God's Word. Amen. You will not change. You will not renew your mind. So notice, notice what he says. Back to the verse. So we didn't follow these cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. So now he's going to build a case, a defense, for why what we're telling you about Jesus is not enough. I'm going to give you a reason. Here's the first reason. We were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He's referring to the Mount of uh, Transfiguration. Remember that? When he went up to the Mount and Jesus Christ was there and then Moses and Elijah appeared, right? Peter was there. Peter, James, and John saw that. And I love what, 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 what Mark says in, in Luke's account. He was so scared, he, he didn't know what to do. So he said, uh, Lord, it's good that we're here. <laughs> he was so overcome with fear, like, what is going on? He said, we saw this with our own eyes. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was born to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. What is he saying? I was there, guys. I was there. Well, you know, is that really evidence? Maybe you thought you saw something, right? I love the critics. The critics will always come to try to debunk Jesus Christ. Well, maybe, maybe Peter wanted to believe that Jesus was the Messiah. And so he, he, he crafted this story of, you know, Jesus and a voice coming and God saying, this is my son. Listen to him. That's what the father said. Maybe that was all crafted because Peter really wanted to believe it. Peter says, listen, we were there, we were eyewitnesses. And here's something you got to keep in your mind about Peter. What do you know about Peter? What is Peter known for? Unfortunately, <laughs> he's the disciple who did what? Denied. Denied knowing Jesus Christ. Even after all that he saw Jesus do, when Jesus Christ got arrested, Peter said, I don't know the man. Let me ask you a question. How do you explain the man denying the Lord Jesus Christ when he gets arrested, but then that same man all of a sudden begins to proclaim Jesus is Lord. Jesus is risen. How do you explain that? I'll tell you something that explains it. If you saw the resurrected Jesus Christ. Amen. And Peter is now penning this letter. Saying I know what I saw. But there's so much more wrapped up into this. Because Peter also knew about himself. He knew he had denied Jesus Christ. 
He knew he doubted. But now he's on the other side of the resurrection. And now he writes with confidence, we saw this, we were eyewitnesses, we were with him on the holy night. You know, it kind of echoes Moses being on the mountain with God. Remember, he goes up to get the Ten Commandments. And then he says what to God? God, show me your glory. God seems to do stuff on the mountain. Right? That's why people like talking about, I got to get to the mountaintop, right? But God showed himself to Moses. God showed himself to Peter, James, and John on that mountain. Through who? The person of Jesus Christ. So Peter is confident in what he believes. He goes on. Look at what he says. Not only were we on this holy mountain. Verse 19 says, And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed. Here's my second reason, Peter says. We have the prophetic word more fully confirmed. What is he referring to? The Old Testament. All the prophecies that were talked about Jesus Christ. Folks, here's another thing that makes Jesus Christ so unique. The prophecies. The prophecies. They say, oh, well, you know, the disciples are saying he fulfilled these things. They looked back at the prophecies and then they wrote and said that Jesus did these things. You know, it's not that simple. How do you predict the type of death you're going to die? You read Psalm 22, and Psalm 22 is clearly about a crucifixion. They pierced me. My bones, none were broken. I cried out, my God, my God. How do, is it just a coincidence that that was written hundreds of years before it happened to Jesus Christ? Coincidence? How do you stage that? What do you do? You, you go and you tell the Roman soldiers to follow the prophecy so we can say he's the Messiah? That doesn't make sense. That's why they were crucifying him. Because he claimed to be a king. That's one prophecy of over 150 prophecies that talk about the life of Christ. See, this is the kind of stuff when I was doubting in my life and I started learning these things, I said, well, Ron, you can discount one prophecy, but you've got to discount all 150 of them. The evidence is overwhelming that Jesus Christ was who we said he was. And so Peter here is appealing to the Old Testament scriptures. The word of God, the prophecies, we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed. Like we saw Jesus Christ live out the prophecies concerning the Messiah. We saw it. We are first-hand witnesses. Notice what he says. To which you will do well to pay attention. Wow, I like that. Pay attention. When the world starts saying the Bible's not the Word of God, Jesus Christ is not the Son of God, pay attention. Say, stop, wait, let's go look at it. Don't just receive that without checking it. That's what I did when I was younger. Then when I actually start checking out what God said in His Word, man, God removed the scales, and it's like, whoa. You will do well to pay attention, Peter says. 
as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. The day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. Morning star referring to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is often referred to as the morning star. What is Peter saying? Listen, the prophecies we saw fulfilled in Jesus Christ guard that knowledge, guard that truth, and understand he is a light that shined into your life, right? John talks about he's the light that came into the world and the darkness did not comprehend him. But you believers, you now comprehend that Jesus is the light of the world. Keep guarding that and keep waiting with anticipation because one day he's going to come back. Amen. He's coming back for you. When he ascended, what did he say? The angel said, don't, don't be sad. Same way you see him leaving, he's coming back. And one day the morning star is going to appear, even in a full consummation, and we will see him face to face. Amen. Is that a pipe dream? Peter says, no. We know Christ is who he said he was because of the fulfilled prophecies. Hold on to this faith that you have in him. Say, man, why is Peter hitting this so hard? Here's why he's hitting it so hard. Remember we talked about there's false teachers going on. There's false teachers that are changing what it means to know God. Peter's like, no, 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 no. Stay true to the prophecies. We know that Christ is the fulfillment. Hold on to that. Christ is coming back. But there's something else going on. Disturbed when this letter was written. The believers are being persecuted. The believers are being slain for faith in Jesus Christ. The believers are being sawn in half, burned at the stake, thrown into the Colosseum, and lines are ripping them apart. This is what's happening to believers. Now, I don't know about you. But you can jump up and down and say you love Jesus all you want. What happens when you're faced with persecution? What do you really believe? You've got to understand that Peter's right in a context where there are believers being persecuted. And no doubt, all of us are still human. Saved by God's grace, but we're human. We will deal with fear at times. We will deal with illness at times. Can you imagine these believers hiding from the roaming authorities? Because their cousins just got dragged off to be put to death because they're a believer. Put yourself in that situation. You think you're not going to have some doubt rise up? Like, ooh, this re Jesus really is who he said he was, right? John the Baptist had that issue, didn't he? Mm -hmm. They put John the Baptist in prison. And what does John the Baptist do? He sends some of his disciples to see if this Jesus is really the Messiah. You think John the Baptist had a little inkling that they were about to murder him? Guys, listen, they are in the midst of persecution, and Peter is encouraging them, hold fast to Jesus Christ. He is who he said he was. He is the Savior. He is the one that has shown in your hearts, that has given you spiritual life. Amen. He's coming back for you. 
Don't look at what's happening in the world and allow that to shipwreck your faith. Amen. Now, believer, hear me. I don't believe you can have a strong faith if you're not renewing yourself in the Word. Amen. You're not. Satan in all of hell is constantly fighting against the believer. Constantly. And your weapon of spiritual warfare is the word of God. Amen. Yes, it involves faith and prayer and all of these other things, but it is the word of God that will ward off the lives of Satan. Amen. You've got to renew your mind and who you are based on what Jesus Christ has done on God. Peter's trying to exhort these believers. The need for growth and godliness is huge. Not only in their day, but in our day right now. Look at 2 Corinthians 4, 4 to 6. In their case, Paul writes, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Who is the image of God. For what we proclaim, here it is again, is not ourselves. This ain't about my religion, my faith. This is about the reality of what Jesus has done. But Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants, for Jesus' sake. I love that. Paul says, listen, I'm just declaring to you about Jesus. <laughs> it ain't about me. It ain't about Pastor Emmanuel. It ain't about Pastor Ron. It's about Jesus Christ. Amen. We're nothing but slaves. We're just giving you the message. Amen. That Jesus Christ has come. Look at what he says. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness. You see this light? Darkness, metaphor, used all throughout Scripture. Spiritually speaking, Jesus is the light, right? Has shown in our hearts, echoes what Peter was saying, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Wow. Jesus Christ is the express image of God, Holy Father. His express image. In this Jesus, God has redeemed you and opened up your eyes and saved you through his blood shed on a cross. Wow. Do you realize what you have in Christ? Amen. Let's go back and look at Peter as we get ready to wrap up. Look at verse 20. And again, it is just Beautiful how scripture just complements scripture. You have to always study scripture in light of all scripture. Amen. Listen how back now in Peter, verse 20, Peter is still giving his defense, right? Knowing this, first of all. In other words, there's a lot I could say, but let me lay this down for you. That no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. It's an issue of authority again. Mm -hmm. Just like Corinthians where he said, this is not coming from me. This is coming from Jesus. Mm -hmm. 
Peter now says what? Prophecy, the word of God. This is an issue of authority. It's not what you want it to mean. You have no authority. Amen. The scripture has authority in and of itself. Amen. Sat in a Bible study one time, everybody going around. I'm just visiting. So, you know, when you visit churches, you just, I like to stay incognito, right? I, I just want to be a member. I just want to see what's going on here. We sit in the Bible study, we go around, and the guy reads the verses, and then he goes around the room and says, so, what does this mean to you guys? I'm like, okay, cool. I like this little interaction, okay? I mean, well, to me, it means this. To me, to me, to me, to me, to me, to me. And, uh, and I'm just listening. I'm not saying anything. And he was like, see, guys? Word of God applies to all of us. It can mean so many different things to each of us. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> um, isn't John talking about Jesus being the bread of life and the bread of life being the metaphor for what Jesus is about to do on the cross? Uh, who are you? Oh, yeah, I'm Ron. I'm just visiting. Yeah, see, for Ron... It means, no, 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 no. Not for Ron, it means, this is what it means. <laughs> this is the world we live in. Oh, that's your truth. your truth. Oh, that's what you think. Oh, well, that's good. I take it this way. Wow. Peter says, no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. Another way to interpret that is this. The authority of the word is not based on your interpretation. Amen. It's based on the word. Amen. And it has one interpretation. Mm -hmm. The authority rests in God's word, not what you think it means. Mm -hmm. Peter is like, understand this. Why? Why? What sets God's word apart as the supreme authority? Look at verse 21. For no prophecy was ever produced, here it is, by the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. The idea there is, think of a, a sailboat with, with, with the big sails, right? And the men are sitting in a boat, and just think about the big sails. That boat ain't going anywhere until what happens? The wind. The wind. They're in the sailboat. They can't make it go. It is the wind that hits the sail and carries the boat along. Peter says, these men spoke not by their own will, but as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. God breathed the word of God and used man to pen it. Amen. What gives it its authority? Not the men who wrote it. God. God. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and for training in righteousness. This is all based on what? The scripture. Guys, do you, do you want to understand God better? Do you want to understand where you are in your life and what your next move should be. Whether you're in a dysfunctional relationship, no relationship, struggling with career, purpose, meaning, morality, whatever it is, the Word of God is the training manual. Amen. Amen. 
But you gotta pick it up. <laughs> no, Pastor, I'm gonna let you just preach. No! You, you're gonna eat one meal this week? You're just gonna eat one meal this week? No, some of us eat multiple meals a day. <laughs> Not to mention the snacks in between. <laughs> all scripture. Look at all that the scripture does. And 17. Why? That the man of God may be complete, mature, spiritually mature, equipped for every good work. Peter says, what I'm declaring to you is not my opinion, it's not a myth, it's the word of God. And it's based on the son of God who gave the authority to these men to write down his word. You can trust it. You can trust it. You know, I think Satan is a very, very good warrior. He's defeated. His head is crushed. But until Christ comes back, he is a good warrior. He knows how to get the believer. And you know one of the biggest ways that he gets us? He knows he can't take your salvation. He's defeated. He can't accuse you before God. Why? Because Christ is an advocate standing there. I love that. Interceding for me. Uh, excuse me, Lord, I have something against Pastor Ron again. Jesus is like, yeah, I died for that. Wow. <laughs> that, that, that's awesome, right? So he can't touch my standing in Christ. I didn't do anything to earn it. I can't do nothing to lose it. Amen. So what's the next best thing he can do? Is to have you not grow in your knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen. And understand who you are in Jesus Christ. That's the next best thing he can do. And he's doing it so well. So he's paralyzing believers. They know the Lord Jesus Christ, but they have no power in their life. And I'm not talking about powerful prosperity. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just how to live my life in a manner that is pleasing to God and experience the peace of God that passes all understanding. Amen. I don't think that's a, I, 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 look, either that's true or it's not. Are, are you walking in who you are in Christ? Are you walking in his peace? The stress, anxiety, do these things have a grip on your heart? Could it be? Could it be? You're not renewing your mind in the Word. Because that's what transforms us. Satan would love for you to read. Satan would love for you to listen to podcasts. Do all these other things that are not bad in and of themselves. But do not open the words of life that are found in that book. Because he knows that's what will transform you Amen. and make you more like Jesus. So we can't defeat Jesus. The next best thing to do, paralyze you so you don't look nothing like him. Mm -hmm. And he's doing a good job at it. Hope this is why we need one another. Amen. This is what the body is for. You know, the, 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 the church that heard Peter's letter was probably no bigger than this right here. It was no bigger than this. And somebody was reading this letter from Peter 
to a crowd probably no bigger than this, with all the persecution going on around them. Reading Peter's letter, saying, listen guys, listen to, what, listen to what the Apostle Peter is telling us. Hold on to the faith. Build on it. Grow in it. Don't buy into this false philosophy that's out there. He's telling a group of believers this. Because there's a mandate for us not just to do this individually, but to encourage one another. Hey, how you doing in your faith, bro? How you doing, man? What are you struggling with? Man, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just weary, man. I, I'm, I'm really struggling right now. You know, my cousin just got taken out to the Coliseum. I just lost my aunt. I just lost. I'm struggling. To have these believers come and encourage him in the faith. Amen. Hey, remember Jesus. Remember Jesus, man. It's going to be all right, man. It's going to be all right. He's going to go on in the letter and talk about what? The judgment that God has coming. You think they needed to hear that for encouragement? You better believe it. With all the persecution going on in their life. And he's going to talk about, look, don't worry, God got it. Come on, man, stay strong. You're in Christ. And the worst they can do to you is take your physical life. But if they do that, to be absent from the body, you'll be present with your Savior. Amen. Come on, it's okay, brother. Get up. It's all right. Come on, let's come over here and pray for this guy. This is what the church is supposed to be about. Amen. Not coming in with our individual lives, nobody saying anything, and then we all just leave. And say, it's like, yes. Oh, we should be in and out of each other's lives, praying for one another, reminding each other of who we are in Christ. Amen. 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 We can stand on the word of God. That is our hope. That is our hope. That is what will be our anchor for no matter what's going on in this world. Father, I pray for all of us. God, I pray, as Peter said, that he's writing to remind these believers to stir up their remembrance. Lord, we need that because we forget so soon truths and we get swept away into the busyness of life, all the things that we're struggling with, and we forget these spiritual truths. So I pray, Father, please help us to meditate on